You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. My name is Garrett Magby and I work here with the IPHC for the Communication Services Department. Um, and today we have some very special guests. We actually have Jonathan from Transform DJs and his wife Angie. They're here actually uh, over the internet. We're using Google Hangouts to, to interview guys. So um, everything working okay across the internet here? Everything's great. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello, hello. All right, we uh, we actually wanted to talk with uh, with you guys a little bit, but before we before we get into the main content, you know, the the meat of the conversation, uh, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, tell us about Transform G DJs and the work you guys are doing, and uh, you know your your aspirations and goals and focus. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a IPHC missionary kid. My parents are both missionaries in the IPHC years ago. Uh, in Africa, that's Brian and Carol Burgess, and I'm just kind of honored to kind of have that heritage. And my father then took a church here in Denver, Colorado, where we're based, and I'm um, a youth pastor with him now uh, in his church, in our local church. That's where Angie and I serve uh, kind of on the local level, and uh, we're extremely excited to do that. But a few years ago, God kind of brought into our life um, a ministry called Transform Productions, and initially what it was was... Um, uh, ministry to kind of the, the rave and the club uh, scene, if you will. But that went really well. Uh, we kind of started getting married and having kids, and we kind of laid it down for a while. Um, and then a few years ago, we kind of picked it back up, but it reformed through a series of events as something called Transform DJs. So Transform DJs isn't as much a production company that would throw in events like the prior one, it's actually a band that goes to events and performs and ministers through concerts and things like that. Um, and you would like me to tell you what we're about? And yeah, what yeah. It consists of? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, well, um, we've always been uh, DJs, and what we do is we, instead of doing guitars and drums and things like that, we do electronic dance music. Uh, and the way most of the time that is played and demonstrated live is as a DJ. And so what we do is we go around the country and around the world, actually, and uh, do performances at different concerts and uh, do electronic dance music. Sometimes people have generically referred to that as techno in years past, but that's actually a subgenre. But yeah, <laughs> uh, we do electronic dance music, or these days in the USA, they call it EDM. And uh, that's what we do, but we do it for a purpose. We do it for a cause. I have a friend named Tim Heil. He and his wife, Lorna, are also involved with Angie and I in Transform DJs. And what we do is uh, use electronic dance music concerts and ministry opportunities to do three things. Kind of our three pillars are this. Number one, we want to share the good news of uh, salvation, of Jesus saving grace. And number two, we want to defend preborn people and other defenseless people worldwide. And number three, we want to uh, lead God's people into worship. And we want to do that all through the talent God's given us as DJs and as electronic music uh, musicians and so if we can get those three things done whether it's through a song we release or through a concert then we feel like we've done our job that's awesome that's really awesome now I have to ask what initially attracted you to EDM or electronic dance music as your uh, let's say your platform so to speak for this ministry what is it you know compared to starting a rock band or you know something like that like what was it about electronic that really just 
captured you? Yeah, um, I grew up on hip-hop, and I love hip-hop, and so I was exposed to the idea of a DJ anyway. Uh, I'm a big believer that God puts dreams in our hearts for a reason. Sometimes we don't even know why, or we don't know why we love the things that he's put in our heart to love. Uh, but I think it was his idea. So about when I was about 18, uh, I just heard some dance music. Um, it was actually made by one of the guys who's now in Switchfoot, the keyboardist, Jerome. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he put out an album in the early 90s called Invincible, and I heard it, and I kind of recorded it, and I was out of breath after listening to it. And it was then that I just fell in love with it. And so at the time, it was just something I completely fell in love with. Then I went overseas to the UK to do a discipleship training school with YWAM. And in the 90s, electronic dance music was just massive. It's just what you heard in stores. It's what you, uh, when you went shopping, it's just what was there. It was on the radio. And so I just fell that much more in love with it. And then I was exposed to some uh, ministers who used that type of music in the UK as well. One was Worldwide Message Tribe. Another one was a band called 65 DBA. For our South African friends, I fell in love with one group called MIC. Uh, from South Africa, and all these guys use dance music of sorts and to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it was just something that was just in me for a long time. And so I believe that was something God planted so that now we could use to bring Him glory through it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, now I understand uh, you're very active uh, with Transform DJs, and you just mentioned it earlier, uh, but in protecting the rights of the unborn. Uh, tell me how you became involved in supporting this cause and why this is one of your, your main pillars that you were talking about uh, of the ministry. Yeah, um, God's really motivated uh, me and my wife uh, kind of as evangelists to share the good news. And while that was on my heart, uh, I had an experience when I was in eighth grade, about 13, 14, where I went to the Colorado March for Life. And I, and I saw an image of, of abortion, and it, and it had a big effect on me. But it didn't get me into action. It didn't call me into action. But years later, when I uh, was doing youth ministry, we would go on outreaches, and I just had this burden. I just think God just started to stir up in my heart things I had heard, maybe something I had seen in the past, mentioning that March for Life. And I um, was just gripped that I had to do something. Here I am. I've got influence over all these kids, and this injustice is happening. Up to 3,000 people a day are dying um, in abortion. And I said, I've got to do something. As much as I want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, I've also got to do something here. Um, and so we started with baby steps getting into that as well. And I think it might be helpful if Angie shares her story about how she got involved too, because that's a primary way why we together do it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just on my own, before meeting John, um, I was 13 and I had my first exposure um, to what an abortion looks like. Um, going to the March for Life, same March, um, at different times, we have an age gap between us, so it was different years when we went, and it was a teacher, a seventh grade teacher took us to that march, and from then on, and through different people like my grandmother, who spoke out against abortion on her own accord, um, I just was influenced and gripped to, like, do something about it, and God has really just united us in that way. Those are, like, just passions on our, that have always been on our heart. Um, and so when we got married 10 years ago, we just started doing little things like prayer meetings or actual abortion rescues. If we found out a girl in our youth group was going to have an abortion, we'd go rescue that baby and rescue her. Um, and it's just led into, like, you know, John's passion with, like, evangelism and, 
and dance music. It's kind of just melded together as this is who we are, and we'll always be doing, you know, evangelism and pro-life work. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Kind of what God has put on our heart is just to uh, seek justice for, for the least of these, but it's kind of like share Jesus and seek justice, or help the lost find Jesus and the least find justice. That's kind of what we feel is at the center of our, of our ministry. And so we felt like, you know what, um, what has God put in our hand to do? Uh, we're youth pastors, and we're also ministers uh, through music. And so why not take this message um, to the masses with, with our dance music as well? Um, oh, yeah. Can I share one story about a little boy named um, Jaden? Absolutely, um, yeah. We were, this is before Transform, actually, but... Um, we were kind of in the middle years between Transform Productions and Transform DJs, and we were serving still in our youth ministry. And we got a phone call from um, someone, uh, my father, who is the pastor, about someone in the church who had a daughter who was 15 who was planning on having an abortion the very next day. It was mm -hmm. Wednesday night. We had youth group that night. We said, look, guys, you pray. We're going to go meet with this girl. And it was an amazing thing. It's better if Angie tells it because God really used her uh, to speak into this girl's life who was – just set on going through with an abortion. She was 15. She was a dancer. Wow. Um, that was a big deal to her. And the, the father was probably not as responsible as you can um, think he might have, should have been. Um, but through that conversation, and I'm sure through some other conversations she had, God was able to save the life of a, of a little boy who's about six years old now. And um, his name is Jaden. And very often when we share our heart, we'll show a picture of him just to say, look, this is what God can do. Um, even using the, the simple couple like us from Colorado or even using dance music or even using a youth group. Um, and so that's what we get excited about. Cool, cool, yeah. Uh, and and with, in this process with this, uh, with this situation that you, you're talking about, um, tell me, you had a chance to go out and meet with her and talk with her and just kind of share... What, how do you how do you how do you approach something like that? I mean, I'm sure everyone's wondering how do you how do you approach a situation because I'm sure there's a ton of youth pastors that have to go through this very same sort of situation. So what how, how, what do you guys have to kind of communicate or give advice? Um, I feel like the best the first thing is prayer. So we had everybody praying around us that we knew like please pray we're going to do an abortion rescue tonight, um, and so that's the primary thing. But then secondly, just going in there and like being like knowing like God just speak through me. And where I start off with this situation, I just say, you know what, I'm sure you're scared. Or I try to validate those feelings of like, okay, yeah, you don't want to have a kid right now. Or just validate some of the feelings of loneliness or whatever she's feeling um, to get on that same page with her so that she doesn't feel condemned or... Um, alone so that she knows that she has me as a friend, as Jesus as a friend. Um, and then, then, then what I usually do is kind of go into like, oh, so you're six weeks pregnant. Did you know that your baby already has a heartbeat? And in fact, the baby's heart is the size of a poppy seed right now. And like different things like that. Like, and in a couple weeks, your child's going to have fingerprints. And, you know, like God has a plan and a destiny for you and for your baby. And like, I use scripture like Psalm 139 um, to like help in the situation. And, and then I say usually like, okay, so we're here for you. Like, what are you thinking now? Like, what do you think about that? And sometimes I show pictures. I've, I've showed pictures of aborted babies. 
um, mm-hmm. at, with that particular story John just shared, her name was Haley. I was pregnant at the time, so I was able to bring my ultrasound pictures. Wow, yeah. And see, oh, yeah, that is a baby inside of her. You know, so I think our culture has totally dehumanized um, preborn people. And by bringing personhood to that baby that that, you know, that teenager or that woman has, it kind of opens up their eyes like, oh, yeah, this is a person. This isn't just tissue. Um, And then prayer, just lots of prayer. And, And sometimes, like, it might take a few conversations or, like, more time. But a lot of times it seems like the girl will switch, like, right in that conversation. She's just, like, her eyes will be open and she'll want to keep her baby. So it's really cool <laughs> being able to, yeah. like, be used in that way. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, and like you said, you know, when uh, truth is presented, pre- just presenting sometimes that truth to somebody is what they need to make the right decision, go in the right direction. So we, yeah, like you said, uh, the, if the numbers are right, we know that there's definitely youth pastors who are dealing with it. And we just want to say, obviously, we're here as a resource. Christ is the best resource. Um, but just having boldness to speak up on behalf of the least of these. That's what we'd look yeah. at it. Um, and speaking of the person and not shying away, not thinking it's a political thing, not thinking it's a personal thing. It's like us literally saving the life of, of our neighbor, you know? So let's yeah. go do it. Absolutely, I, absolutely. I'm sorry. I just read a statistic right before we got on to the podcast, um, and it said that 82% of women who have gotten abortions um, would not have gone through with it if just one person would have said something to them, like wow. one encouraging thing. And so it just takes one little comment, you know, one little encouraging thing for girls, for women to hear. Um, yeah, just to know that they're not alone or that they can have help and, and stuff like that. So. In, a, in a nutshell, if I can add this too, if any pastors, not just youth pastors, would speak about it, and not just in the political forum, but that's fine too, but just in the, in the idea of Matthew 25 or loving our neighbor, um, it gives women and men an opportunity to find restoration for those who have already gone through with abortion. Um, mm-hmm. And we know that just the fact that they know that, that is also a topic they can get prayer for, that's also a topic that they can find healing in, then uh, it, it's amazing how many people will actually come forward for, um, for healing and restoration in those moments, even if it needs to be in a small group setting or whatever. But we encourage pastors mm-hmm. to not shy away from it because this is the hour, you know, what the famous saying is like, if, if not us, who? If not now, when? Or something like that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> got to go for it. All right, so another question I have, and something that we heard recently, was that you actually had a uh, God-given divine connection to speak in the Houses of Parliament in the UK. So tell me a little bit more about that. What exactly happened there? Part of the grassroots that we do here in Colorado as activists and um, pro-life work is with an organization called Personhood. USA or just personhood.com and uh, we've carried petitions for them. We've uh, launched efforts uh, with different churches to get signatures for different uh, initiatives in Colorado uh, all around the idea of a person. A person is a person from the very beginning of their conception so natural death and so we're trying to get that out and get the word out and so um, because of what we've done in the past some of the leaders couldn't go to this opportunity in England and so they asked us if we would like to go it came through a divine encounter of someone that I had met in 2013 off the back of a music tour. Um, but through a series of meetings and through a series of those opportunities, the head guys from Personhood said, look, John, we can't go. Would you like to go um, and present Personhood in front of a bunch of pro-life leaders and an NP 
and to meet other MPs inside the Palace of Westminster at Parliament. And so we were able to do that, uh, present the cause for personhood. And yeah, it was a surreal moment, something that I will never, ever forget because God knows I have a heart for the UK and God has a heart for life. And so I know that uh, together that was something very significant for us all. That's really awesome. That's that's one of those opportunities that, that doesn't come along every day. So, I mean, that was yeah. such a, a powerful moment to be able to go over and do that and, and present to all these people, you know, across across the ocean. Yeah, it wasn't inside the Commons or the House of Lords, but it was in the uh, Houses of Parliament in general. And it was an official meeting and the very, very surreal, very exciting. Awesome. Praise Jesus for that. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, guys, now we're getting close to the end of our, our time here, but I want to ask you real quick before we go, um, how would you best encourage Christians today to actively live out their faith, uh, much like you all are with Transform DJs and with your work uh, uh, in you know saving the unborn and that sort of thing? How would you encourage Christians to live out their faith out you know foremost in their life, for the forefront of their life? I'll let you do that one first. Um, <clears throat> how would you encourage Christians? Sorry, I thought you were going to go. I was looking out for verse right here. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no worries. I got Cut you. that part out. Sorry. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Okay, how would I encourage Christians? Um, the thing that's, there's many things I could share, of course. Um, spending time with Christ, um, the thing that God has put in my heart primarily in the last few years is Matthew 28, 20. The second part of that where it says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. As an evangelist, I think about 18 and 19. Go and tell the world. So often verse 20 is missed, just knowing that he's with you, knowing that he's there for you. Another thing that's on my heart is in James 1, I think 5 through 7 or 5 through 8, where as a Christian, sometimes we don't know where to go, what to do, how to live out our faith. But it says, ask for wisdom and it will be given to you without finding fault. And so wherever you find yourself on the spectrum in your faith, hot, cold, um, just ask God for wisdom, and he will give it to you. And then finally, in regards to the topic that we had been speaking about today, is, you know, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. as the answer to what's the most important commandment. But then I love what he did. He offered a, the second most important commandment, and that is, at least Mark 12, 31 says, the, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so what we're asking young people to do, what we're asking people to do, uh, worldwide is just to what does it look like as Christians to love our neighbor in a society or in societies where um, one point something 1.2 million people are dying in abortion every year or 3,000 a day in this country so what can we do to love our neighbors and I think that God will give inspiration maybe it's through music maybe it's through a new creative idea that no one's thought of mm-hmm. to love our neighbors in a creative way to put an end to abortion so that's how I would encourage people just what does it look like to love your neighbor? Let's love them. Let's go for it. That's awesome. Um, just, I would add that um, sometimes God gives us dreams that just seem like out of this world and you could never do them. And you're kind of, it kind of, paral- for me, it paralyzes me. Like, well, how is that, how is that ever going to get done? Um, and so for, for me, it just seems like sitting at the Lord's feet, like Mary of Bethany, and, and being submitted and accountable to your pastor and to your church. Um, those things, by sitting under our pastor, who is his dad, um, by, by being accountable to the IPHC, through those things, um, 
God has really just allowed us like to open up all these doors for us to go overseas and, and to different states in the U.S. And it's just like amazing to see that. And I think that really starts at home when you're completely just in love with Jesus, spending time with him. And then he gives you the ideas or the platforms to do those things that John's talking about. Like local roots, global vision, you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, guys, uh, so tell our listeners out there exactly the the best way to keep up with what Transform DJs is doing, what you guys are doing, uh, the ministry. How can they How can they find you on social media, website, that sort of thing? Yeah, the best way is just our website, which is uh, transformdjs.com, T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-D-J-S.com. And then, of course, just Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, backslash transformdjs. We're there. We're the ones who get the messages when people um, send us messages. And so, yeah, we have a bunch of free music and a bunch of things, videos you can check out. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I hate to – I know we could talk about things forever, I'm sure, because there's just so much to cover. Um, but we've had a great time here with you talking over these things and hearing more about Transform DJs, hearing more about your work, uh, your ministry, and how you're really living out through your lives. Uh, the work of, of our Lord and Savior. So uh, just want to thank you so much and uh, look forward to hopefully talking to you guys again in the future. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.